What is up, everybody? Casey Faith here. I hope you guys are doing so super well. Life update. It's crazy. Life is crazy. If you have been following from the very beginning, this podcast has gone from like honestly roller coaster teachings about beauty. Do yourself a favor for a good laugh and go to some of the first podcasts. I'm a I'm a wild thing. I'm like I it's stretching, I think, for people to go back. For me, anyways, it's it can be stretching for me to go back and listen to my younger self, which let's be real, was like a year ago. I'm like, I'm not that different. Like, what was I doing? Like, anyways, if you want a good laugh, go back and listen to the first podcasts. Um they're really meaty though. Like I'm proud of myself. I'm like, wow, okay, like this is this is pretty good stuff. Um, I just think I, I'm a little, just to be real, like I'm a little embarrassed about my delivery. I'm like, oh my gosh, I'm like, I'm like a freight train, you know. Um, anyways, so and then you know, I sort of had this fallout moment last July. Is the Lord? It was this beautiful crash of like. I can't do it all. (laughs) I want the whole world and then some like a a magazine, a podcast, and then trying to, you know, get a business up and running to to support everything else. And I'm like really kind of skimming the corners of the business. I'm like, I can't build anything quality. And excellence is a a core value of mine. and, And so I just sort of, it was like, I became 15% focused on beauty is 85% on angel light. It really was just kind of like all angel light, but my why has always been beauty is without beauty is it's like, why do I, why, you know, why am I building a beauty box experience, a subscription? And so always kept beauty is, but then really focused on the company. And, and I feel like we actually have something like secure now at least that supports me. And that was the whole goal from the beginning. Like right away, I was like, I need money, you know, and like, um, to live. And if I get a job that will detract from beauty is, and of course I want it to blow up so we can bring on the best videographers, the best photographers, the best fill in the blank, all the things and really get a movement up and running. But, um, at the least my business is supporting me that's pretty cool. You know, I mean, I built it from the ground up and I'm still like, I've mainly built my subscriber base via door to door. And I actually really like selling door to door. Um, and kind of giving you guys a catch up here. Uh, it's a unique behind the scenes, but all that to say is that my journey has been evolving and, um, here on this podcast, we then pivoted into really just behind the scenes for the business. But now what I'm getting to the grand crescendo here is that I actually feel a warning from God. (laughs) Wow. Like a sense of urgency. Like it is time for beauty is to emerge again. Um, yeah, (laughs) I feel that strongly. And, um, I first things first thing first first things first um the very first thing that I have to do before I 
amplify anything, build a magazine, um, impact culture. Like the very, very, very first thing that beauty is, has to do, gets to do, but has to do (laughs) is search the scriptures and discover what beauty is in the word. And I actually had a warning dream two nights ago, I want to say. And the Lord made it apparent, like, um, I think a part of my call is to teach. I'm probably an apostle, honestly. My business coach is like, entrepreneurs typically are apostles. They can do it all. And um, so I probably have, you know, the ability to, yeah, do it all. But um, definitely not that I want to. I just, but I, I think one of my giftings is to teach and um, to teach the word, to teach specifically what does the Bible say. And my assignment in this hour happens to be beauty. So, um, so yes. So we are going to release another Beauty Is podcast where it's actually just a teaching about what beauty is in the Bible. And... Um, so let's let's hop to it. I think that's probably enough behind the scenes, enough context for my eight faithful podcast listeners. <laughs> um, hey, I appreciate you, and I hope this brings value to you. And um, I've got eight consistent, anyways. I probably even know who they are. Um, but anyways, okay, so we're going to study today. We're actually going to study the book of Esther, and one of my... Um, favorite scriptures so far. Um, the thesis is beautification is purification. I'm going to say that again. Beautification is purification. And I'm going to pray to begin. So Lord, I, yeah, I just give you this time, Holy Spirit. I pray, would you convict would you inspire? Would you bring to the surface um, whatever needs to be brought to the surface or gets to be brought to the surface for all of my listeners, for people that are curious about what beauty is, is <laughs> what beauty is. Um, yeah, Holy Spirit, I just say thank you for showing up in their lives. Touch them, bless them, give them a big hug on the other side of this. Comfort them if they need comfort. Give them hope if they need hope. Minister to them. Give them life. Give them zeal. I pray for a baptism of zeal, a refreshing of zeal. Hmm. Yeah. Amen. So the scripture is Esther 2, 12. If you have your Bibles, turn with me there. And I like to study both the New Living Translation and the New King James Version. Why? The New Living Translation tends to be the most interpretive of the scriptures. The New New King James Version tends to be the most literal actually second to the King James. New King James just a little easier to follow. So yeah, so I in, in terms of a pendulum of literal interpretation versus interpretive interpretation, like if there's a spectrum, the New Living captures one side of the spectrum 
and the New King James captures the complete opposite side of the spectrum. So I like to, I like to read both and study both, but then I actually go to the original text. I go to the original Hebrew and I go to the original Greek. Now, when I study a scripture and I'm unpacking what beauty is in the Bible, um, I, I, I like unpack every word. I do a deep, deep dive. I'm looking at the context as much as I can, like historical context, word definitions, cross correlations. I mean, I, yeah, I go pretty deep. So um, I'm going to present to you what I think is important, what could bring value to you rather than relaying my entire process. Um, I'm in my current business space right now, so you're going to kind of hear some fun lively sounds in the background, but I'm going to go ahead and read out of the new King James version, Esther two, three, it reads like this and let the King appoint officers in all the provinces of his kingdom so that they may gather all the beautiful young virgins to Shushan, the citadel into the women's quarters under the custody of Haggai, the King's eunuch custodian of women and let the beauty preparations be given them. So in this scripture, there's two words that are in English, beauty or beautiful. So the king gathered all the beautiful young virgins, and then he assigned to Haggai to give them beauty preparations. The New Living Translation says beauty treatments, okay? And really what the, where the thesis comes from is that word beauty treatments or beauty preparations. So beauty is, our mission statement is to inspire becoming. In essence, it's those two words, inspire becoming. But it's, it's to inspire you to become your best version of yourself, And I don't believe that's possible outside of Christ. Christ is the one who beautifies us. It's always situational to our journey, to our path, um, to our story, to our testimony. Um, But Christ embodies perfection. Christ is the one who perfects us. As we get closer to Christ, we become more Christ-like. We become more transformed. We are filled with more light. Light is glory, is beauty. We essentially become more beautiful the more we look like Christ. Not just, not just internally, but externally. I'm talking like you're going to see it on someone's body. You're going to see it on their physique. You're going to see it in the countenance of their eyes, you know. But it is, of course, it is internal as well. So, um, so yeah. So to bring a little context to this particular scripture. So in essence, the king got mad at Vashti, his first queen because she wouldn't show up after the king called on her for this big party. She refused to come. And he got mad. And he fired her as queen. (laughs) And then it says in Esther 2, verse 1, because it's just a couple of verses before this, he's like, the king remembered Vashti. He remembered her. And he was sad. (laughs) It's crazy. I think the king has some... The king could use counseling. We'll just say that. Um, he made an irrational decision. He may have been triggered and uh, probably felt disrespected. I would say this is not just on the king too. I, I don't think his counsel was the best. 
um, because his counsel is like, yeah, you don't want the other wives in the kingdom to be disrespecting their husbands, so you got to get rid of this queen. And he's like, you're right. Anyway, so Esther 2.1, he remembered Vashti, and he he missed her. Well, I don't know if he missed her, but I'll just read what it says. After these things, when the wrath of the king was appeased, he remembered Vashti and what she had done and what was decreed against her. So after his anger subsided, he remembered her. And then his counsel came and literally it said ministered to him. So the king's servant came and ministered to him. And then they brought the king this idea of, hey, why don't you go ahead and gather all the young virgins, which literally, by the way, when it says young, it is talking about like young girls, like the damsels. And definitionally, it's the marriageable ones. By the way, the word all is all. So this wrathful king, probably irrational, emotional, could use counseling king, he gathered all of the marriageable women in his kingdom. It made me a little mad. I mean, there are multiple components of the scriptures that make me mad. Let's be real. We're all human. And this king, man, he was human. <laughs> He's like, I want, I want to bring them all in. We're going to leave none for the men in my kingdom. I'm like, what the heck? Because by the way, when they go to the palace, they don't, if they're not selected, they don't go back into the kingdom. They're then sent to the king's harem where he can call on these women whenever he wants. Man, it seems sexy to be Esther, but Esther, like... She had, I mean, I'm like, as I study the book of Esther, I'm like, I definitely want an Esther and I'm glad I have an Esther anointing, but I'm not, I don't want to be an Esther because this king was rough. Like he wasn't loyal <laughs> to Queen Esther. Like he could call on any woman that he wanted whenever. Granted, I don't know for sure if he wasn't loyal, but anyways, I'm definitely on a rabbit trail. But all I'm trying to say is he gathered all the women, they, they, were, they were the young damsels and they were marriageable and they were virgins. He gathered all, all of them. And then he, he charged them to Haggai, the eunuch in charge of the, the women there. Eunuch means can't have kids, right? So poor Haggai. I'm like, gosh, so much about the book of Esther. Anyways, so, okay. And Haggai, by the way, um, really, uh, he favored Esther. So Esther had a lot of favor with Haggai. So that's, that we'll find out later, um, in the scriptures, probably going to do a study on Esther for a little bit. Um, but then we get to the whole thesis of this podcast. So beauty treatments. So Haggai was assigned to these young virgin damsels, beauty treatments. And so that word beauty treatments guys is so cool. And I actually derive almost the entire, I think the whole beauty is movement is going to be based on like this scripture, this word, um, for sure, angel light, but I think even more so like beauty is, is a clean beauty movement. And so this is so fascinating. So beauty treatments in the original Hebrew is Tamruk. It's a noun and there's two aspects of the definition. It means a scraping or a rubbing. And the other is a remedy for an injury, okay? So a scraping or a rubbing, like scraping, like um, scrubbing, 
and then a remedy for an injury. The Strong's defines it, a Strong's dictionary defines it as scoring. For example, soap or perfumery for the bath. And then it also defines it as a detergent or cleansing or purifying. Oh, isn't that cool? So the word Tamruk, when the king assigned, hey, I want you to beautify the women, essentially what Haggai was engaging in was cleansing them. Haggai was like, they got to go take baths. We're going to put perfumes on them. We're going to scrub a dub dub them. We're going to get the best soap and we're going to scrape them. We're going to get the dirt off of them. Beautification in this context was cleansing. The King James Version in English. So we studied, we read the New King James. The King James Version literally says in Esther 2.3, rather than beauty treatments, it says, and let the things for purification be given to the young virgins. So The word beauty treatments isn't even in the King James. It's actually just the word purification, which is the most literal. So beautification, based on Esther 2.3, beautification is purification. Beautification is cleansing. Cleansing is purification. Those three things are synonyms. Are you hearing what I'm saying? That's pretty cool. So a couple thoughts for you. I found it interesting that one of the definitions for Tamruk was remedy for an injury. So in my mind, for me, I feel like the more I'm healed holistically, like in my soul, in my thought life, in my heart, in my mind, internally, the more I'm healed, I feel like the more beautiful I am, the more beautiful I become. I think differently. It's like the scars of the world are removed from me. And it's noticeable. So for example, um, I'm really close to my mom now. When I was younger though, my mom, she left our family. And I actually don't even think it was her. Like we, we talk about this a lot. Like I just think she was young. There's just a lot going on in her life. Like she's a completely different woman now. I pretty much call her every day. We're super close. I let her, my sister and I let her to the Lord. Um, and anyways, so... When I, I recently discovered, though, that I didn't believe I was worthy of love because my mom left when I was a child. And so I was harboring that. And I was able to go, the Lord, the Holy Spirit led me to that place within myself. The Holy Spirit has been unlocking my, me, my younger self, my, this trauma that I actually never could remember. Most of my childhood, I couldn't even cry. And I wanted to, but it was like that pain was locked up in me. And I think because I'm so soft and so gentle and so tender, my body wasn't allowing me to feel that pain because it would have been too much. And so recently I've been able to understand how I felt and I'm going back to that place and I'm feeling that pain. I was able to connect with how I didn't feel worthy of love because my mom displayed that I wasn't worth loving. She left. And so I harbored that lie. And by nature of going back to that place and healing and letting my four-year-old self know you are worthy of love. My adult self is living differently because that part of me was healed. 
And I am lighter, like emotionally, I'm freer, but I'm also drawn to people that um, want to love me. I'm, I'm, I'm attracting people that want to love me because I believe that I'm worthy of love. But it's even showing like in my, in my, in my countenance, it's like I'm carrying myself with a new level of confidence. And you can see that in someone like when someone's confident, they're more attractive. Like I'm, um, I guess I haven't measured it mechanically, but like, I would imagine I'm posturing myself different. I'm also, I'm already a pretty confident person, but it's like, it's a new level of confidence. It's a new level of security. It's a new level of um, carrying myself in a way that's more original to who I truly am, but it's essentially more beautiful because I went back to that place and I healed myself. So I found that was very interesting that one of the definitions for beauty treatments is remedy. And then of course, of course, the whole cleansing, purification, perfumery, soap, bath, like that's just, to me, I'm like, that's it. Like, that's so cool. So what does that look like for you? So if I were to offer maybe a takeaway for you, like what areas of your life, if you're like, Hey, I want to embrace beauty, God's way. I want, I want to be beautified. What areas of your life can be cleaned up? And so for me, I'm on this like holistic detox journey on purpose. Like I believe it's a part of beauty is. And so I'm like, I'm going to live it. And I'm currently doing no refined sugar. And I started that when I moved out to Reading. It was amazing. But for the most part, I don't. But every once in a while, I kind of like got a little gray with it. Um, probably about three months ago, I'd have a cookie here or there, like nothing major, but got a little gray. And so recently I'm like, nope, we're cutting out, like cutting out aggressively. It's also fast for me, but I don't do refined sugar. I actually think refined sugars, um, without being super legalistic, like I just think it's like adding a toxicity in your life. Like there's nothing good about refined sugar besides the fact that it tastes good in the moment, but then you get addicted to it. It, um, um, accelerates your aging process. It can enhance acne, like on a physical level, it does nothing for you. Um, on an emotional level, it increases an addiction, makes you dependent. I'm like, I don't want refined sugar in my life. So like, that's a way that I am purifying my life. That's a way that I am beautifying my life. Of course it has calories too. Right. And so for me, embracing cleansing or purification is removing refined sugar from my life. There's other things like ways that I'm like holistically detoxing, but I charge you like, what would you like to do in your own life, in your own walk? Like what ways can you purify your life? Because that will beautify you. What ways can you clean up your life? Do you have any messy relationships, any friendships, any codependencies, um, bad cycles, any like, like, how are your relationships doing? Like, are there ways that you can clean up your relationships? Maybe you've been apathetic. Maybe you've been isolating yourself. Like, are there ways that you can just love people? Well, put yourself out there. I get it. Rejection sucks. But if you want good friends, you've got to be a good friend. It's pretty cool because it's within your control. And the 
the more that you are a good friend, you're going to build great friendships. You're going to attract good friends. Your, your life is going to expand. Like, like what does your life look like relationally? How can you clean that up? Um, of course, there's your thought life, you know, like, what are you thinking about your physical routine? Like, how can you clean that up? Like, are you, are you, are you, yeah, are you active? You know, like, is it a lifestyle? Are you, do you kind of have a pendulum swing where you're like super intense one month and then you like, you know, binge watch Netflix for three months and then you're like, no, I gotta go to the gym. Like, how can you clean up your physical routine? Like that is going to beautify you is, um, that purification process. Um, there's some other cool stuff from the scriptures there, but I think we'll just stop there because this podcast is getting a little long. So, um, so yeah, so we are still going to do the behind the scenes for angel life, but we're also going to study the word. I'm going to teach what beauty is in the Bible, mine it out and present it to you here. Um, And it's a lot more relaxed than it once was. Like I said, if you want a good laugh, go to the original podcast. But anyways, I appreciate y'all. I bless you guys. Yeah, we'll chat with you later.